Welcome to Friends in Fiction, five best-selling authors, endless stories. Friends in Fiction is a podcast with five best-selling novelists whose common love of reading, writing, and independent bookstores bound them together with chats, author interviews, and fascinating insider talk about publishing and writing. These friends discuss the books they've written, the books they're reading now, and the art of storytelling. If you love books and you're curious about the writing world, you're in the right place. Best-selling novelists Mary Kay Andrews, Kristen Harmel, Christy Woodson Harvey, Patty Callahan Henry, and Mary Alice Monroe are five longtime friends with more than 80 published books to their credit. At the start of the pandemic, they got together for a virtual happy hour to talk about their books, their favorite bookstores, writing, reading, and publishing in this new uncharted territory. They're still talking, and they've added fascinating discussions with other best-selling novelists. So join them live on their Friends and Fiction Facebook group page every Wednesday at 7 p.m. Eastern, or listen and view later at your leisure. Hi, everybody. Welcome to Friends and Fiction. We are five writers and friends whose common love of reading, writing, and independent bookstores binds us together. Every week, we come together to chat with each other and all of you and to support our independent bookstores. We're so glad that you're here. I'm Christy Woodson Harvey. I'm going to be your host tonight, and my latest novel is Feels Like Falling. I am Patty Callahan Henry, and my latest novel is Becoming Mrs. Lewis. I'm Mary Alice Monroe, and my recent book is on Ocean Boulevard. Is it my turn? Yeah. I'm, <laughs> I'm Mary Kay Andrews, and I'm perpetually confused. <laughs> we all are. Yeah, my latest novel is Low Summer. <laughs> I'm Kristen Harmel. My latest is The Book of Lost Names. And this is Friends in Fiction. As you all know, our main mission is to support independent bookstores. And tonight we are so thrilled to be partnering with one of our favorites, Anderson's Bookshop. So you can go on our Facebook page and our website, www.friendsinfiction.com, and you'll find a central link to Anderson's that has all of our new releases in one spot, which is super, super easy. So I missed everyone so much last week. I didn't get to meet your it was so sad. Um, I know y'all had the best time with Lisa. I was so jealous the whole time. Um, and I think y'all talked about this a little bit last week, but I thought it would be fun since I missed it to talk about it again. Um, <laughs> we have been getting together at an ungodly early hour of 6.45 a.m., which I know isn't really early, but in the summer, it's a little early, right, um, oh. to do writing sprints. And so I know everyone kind of gets the concept of that, that we're all up early and we're writing sort of at the same time. But what I thought would be neat is I feel like we're all at a little bit of a different process in our books and what we're working on during those writing sprints. And I thought it'd be really cool to tell everyone sort of what we're working on. So Patty, do you want to start us off? So when we first started the sprints, I was working on um, finishing up a lot of the back end stuff for my novel that comes out in March. It's called Surviving Savannah. It's another historical novel. It's based on the real true story of a shipwreck that happened with all the elite of Savannah. We'll talk loads more about it in the coming months. But I was working a lot on the back end stuff for that, you know, the the author note, the the discussion questions. But then I decided to do something I've never done before, 
And it has been really fun. I decided or I signed up or agreed to write an Audible original on Florence Nightingale. So cool. I know. And I had done a load of research on her because I'm a nurse. And when I was in London, when are we ever going to be able to go to London again? Anybody? Anyway, I went to her museum and just became really fascinated by her story. So that is what I've been sprinting with every morning that we've been writing. That's That's amazing. Uh, Mary Alice, what about you? It's been a a journey, unlike any other, because usually when I prepare for a novel, I'm in the water with the animals, and it just sort of is organic to that. So I am really intrigued by what's going on with our families right now as we go through this pandemic. And I think there's been a lot of interesting changes, and there's been a discussion of, do you want to read about it next year? (laughs) So I don't want to write about (laughs) COVID-19. But I do want to, I'm fascinated with what's going on with families. So I am writing a story and I, you know, I got to admit, I was sort of dragging my left foot as many people were going through April and what's going on with life in general. I think Friends in Fiction saved me. It really did, you know, having us all and getting this going. And I was really getting to the point a couple of weeks just recently where I thought, you know, maybe I should just dump this. Listening to people say, I threw it all away and I started a new book. And I was thinking about it. And then just this last week, I had this breakthrough and I know what I want to work on. It's, it is going to be a continuation of the Beach House series and probably the last one I'll write for a little while. But I, you know, there's a really cool thing about Crab Bank, which is a, a very special spot outside Shem Creek on the harbor of Charleston. And we've watched it just virtually disappear. And it was the, one of the largest pelican nesting sites in the United States and American oyster catchers and red knots. And so the problem is that between rising water and wakes of the big cargo ships going through, it's disappearing. And how cool is it that there's been a huge effort to rebuild it and to re, you know, get it constructed? And I'm like, yes, I found what I can bite my teeth into. I know the parallels. So now I'm excited and I finished my synopsis and reorganized it today, sent it off. So girls, buckle your seatbelts. I type fast too. <laughs> I'm going for 2,000 words tomorrow. Yeah, I'll tell y'all this just in case y'all are like, they seem tired tonight. We actually just taped another episode of Friends of Fiction before this just to have, just in case. I maybe shouldn't have said that, but I did, so it's too late now. Um, but we were discussing our writing sprints, and I have been in that like really beginning first 100 pages of a novel, and I try to write 2,000 words a day, and I'm just like in it, and I'm excited, and it just like I'm going, and so they were laughing, and I said, well, I can write 2,000 words that fast because I can type really fast. <laughs> but, uh, Kristen, what are you working on? Well, while you've been writing your 2,000 words a day, I've been like leafing through, I mean, the, the, like the facts I share with you guys every morning, you must be like, what Hilarious. is wrong with you? I love it. I'm like, Mark, it's so fascinating. Fascinating. So- so I, I'm writing another World War II novel. Um, my last few have been set in World War II France, which I'm very comfortable with. Um, but I had this idea a few months ago for doing something set uh, further east um, in Poland, in the forests of Poland. And um, 
I'm sort of at this point now where my writing every day is slowed down a little bit by the need to, for example, research, how do you ice fish in the winter through a frozen pond when you don't have a fishing pole? So like, <laughs> and, and you really can't just Google that. I mean, that's, if, if anyone knows how to just Google that, please let me know. It'll help me. Um, but I have all these like survival manuals and I, I have a huge guide to the actual forest where this takes place. So um, that has been helping me. But yes, every morning while Christy blazes a along with her 2000 words and then writes, I'm done with my 2000. I'm like, I know how to ice fish in the winter without a fishing pole. So that's where I am. That's good. Well, hey, that's going to come in a lot handier than my typing skills. If we ever enter a survival. <laughs> oh, could you write? I want to be with you, Kristen. <laughs> it would be, oh my goodness. All right, Mary Kay, what about you? <laughs> I um I think I'm in the same place as you, Christy. I just Friday sent my editor and agent the first hundred pages of my novel for next summer. And um, yeah, and so I'm physically in Atlanta. Last week I was physically on Tybee Island. I'm physically in Atlanta, but my the my head is in the world of the book, which is in a mom and pop motel on the Florida Gulf Coast, and it's called The Murmuring Surf. <laughs> I love it. <laughs> yeah, my character is on the run from the law, and so I'm trying to figure out, well, do you have to have a credit card to buy an iPhone? Do you have, How much information do you have to give them? So I, I hope law enforcement does not um, come over here and... <laughs> And say that. My, uh, Google search history because it's 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 pretty scary. I bet you would be in big trouble if they ever investigated what you've been researching. Yeah, um, Kathy, I was researching the other day how to kill a man with your bare hands, so they they might come oh, to my door too. <laughs> <laughs> I'm, I'm researching time. crab bank turtles. I'm okay. <laughs> I'm researching how they proposed in. 1742 or something. Oh, I want to know that. Very interesting. I'll I'll tell you when I find out. (laughs) Well, this is just a little reminder to everyone who's watching that Anderson's Bookshop is our bookseller of the week. And I also wanted to remind everyone that we are going to be answering your questions live in just a few minutes. So if you have a question for us, please get it in because we would love to answer it. And I thought it would be kind of fun if we had an episode tonight, since it's just us, um, we don't have a special guest. If we answered, questions are a little bit more personal than we normally do. A little less about writing, a little more about us. And so a ton of you guys submitted your questions into the Facebook group this week. It was amazing to see all of your incredible questions. I wish we could have answered them all. But I picked just a few. And the first one is from Babette Zajac. I'm sorry, I know I'm saying that wrong, Babette, but I apologize. But she said that she missed the first three or four Wednesday night meetings. And she wanted to know just a little bit more about us. She wasn't sure, like, who's married, who has children, do we have pets? And so I just thought, you know, when we started this, we had a few hundred members, and now we're over 9,000. So there might be some of us, some people out there who really Mm. don't know that much about us. And it might be kind of fun to just give them a little bit of background. So Kristen, do you want to start with that one? Sure. Just a little bit about me. Just like, are you, yeah. She just wanted to know who's married, who has children and if you have pets. I do not have any pets right now. I have a four-year-old, a (laughs) four-year-old son. (laughs) I I shouldn't have balanced those in the same sense. (laughs) (laughs) 
breaks it up a lot. <laughs> I, I feed him at the table yeah. rather than a, in a bowl on the floor. It's all good. Um, no, I, so I, I have a, a four-year-old son and a husband uh, named Jason. And I live in Orlando, Florida, where apparently the coronavirus appears to be on the rise everywhere here. So that's not good. But um, yeah. yeah, that's me. Awesome. Um, Mary Kay, what about you? I am married to my high school sweetheart. 43 years. I, I sometimes refer to him as my starter husband. <laughs> <laughs> we better change that to finish husband <laughs> after 47 um, years. Yeah, he's my practice husband. Um, we have two grown kids and two grandchildren who live right around the corner and three unruly English setters. Uh, three, yeah. Mary Alice, what about you? I was married very young. To, I was a thunderbolt kind of a situation. What can you do? Aww. And we've been married 40, I won't say. <laughs> a lot. <laughs> a lot. And my husband's a psychiatrist, a child psychiatrist. So he's actually very handy when it comes to creating my character sketches. If there's ever something I need to know about us, you know, who has a personality disorder or something, he can help me out. I have three beautiful kids and two girls and a boy, and they're all, well, all supposed to be married. One wedding was canceled this summer, so we have our fingers crossed, and that'll happen soon. And I have, can you believe it, six gorgeous grandchildren, mm-hmm. and like Mary Kay, three dogs and canaries. And I would have many more if my husband didn't threaten to leave me if I had any more pets. <laughs> <laughs> Marcus is not going anywhere. <laughs> no, I don't think so. You can bring home a turtle and put it in the middle of the living room. And- <laughs> He'd grumble. He'd grumble. <laughs> grumble but, uh, after he made you dinner, he'd grumble. After he made me dinner. <laughs> <laughs> he does. I think he's made dinner for almost everyone here. Y'all have to come and let him make his pizza for you. All right. Great. I'm in. <laughs> Um, I am Patty and my husband's name is Pat and that's not why I married him. (laughs) Um, We're Pat and Patty and we have three kids. Megan is 27 and then I have a 25-year-old son named Thomas and a 22-year-old son named Rusk and I'm a grandmother. Megan is married to Evan and they have a little beautiful baby girl that I haven't seen in almost seven months because of COVID. I mean, I see her every day in the phone, but I don't get to see, I haven't seen them in person because right now they live in Hawaii. So, um, yeah, I live in Birmingham, Alabama and that's what I am. And you have Winnie. Oh, how could I forget Winnie? (laughs) I have a Springer Spaniel named Winnie who's literally, and everybody can argue about their cute dogs, whatever. (laughs) (laughs) He is the best. Yeah. So yours is the true cutest. Well, um, I am Christy and I am like Mary Alice. I was very young when I got married and I have been married for 12 years to my husband, Will. Is that right? Almost 13. I know you, you forget the number after. <laughs> yeah, almost 13. And we have a son, Will, who's eight. And I named them the same thing because I was so tired of coming up with character names that I just... <laughs> <laughs> no, but everyone gave me such a hard time. They were like, well, don't call him. I mean, you can name him William, but call him something else. Don't call him Will. And I was like, I have always wanted to grow up and have a little boy named Will. And I'm sorry if everyone is so offended that my son and husband are going to have the same name, but here we are. I mean, Pat and Patty have made it work for all these years. So, <laughs> Will, you say, Will. 
Did you say will one, will two? I mean, unfortunately, um, <laughs> have become big will and little will. Like as much as you okay. don't want, everyone calls them big will and little will. And I think, I mean, my cousin. I have a cousin Raymond and an uncle Raymond, and my cousin Raymond is, you know, thirty seven and six three, and he's still little Raymond. So. Like, <laughs> It just unfortunately is what it is, but it's just one of my favorite names. So it's okay. I do not have any pets right now. I wish more than anything that we had gotten a puppy at the beginning of the whole quarantine situation. Um, Cause that would have been like the best time to, you know, train it and all these things, but we didn't. So, but we probably. Hey, won't. Christy, you lost your chance. I had some good litters. I know. <laughs> oh, I have seen oh, they're all winners. Next, I'm winners. done. I'm, I'm done breeding. So my, I, I retired my bitch. <laughs> That's what I'm waiting for Marcus to say. <laughs> well, on that note, Ray <laughs> Hennessy uh, wanted to know as authors, how do you or did you find time to do or be your other personas, mothers, wives, homekeepers, etc., and give yourself self care because you all look like you have your stuff together? She didn't say stuff, but I'm not going to say. <laughs> What do you mean? This solar thing? I'm censoring because little well can hear me. Um, yeah. So, uh, Mary Kay, do you want to start us off with that one? I have no idea how <laughs> any of this. I don't do it very well. I tend to be lopsided. I'll be all writing and ignore family and house and all kinds of life. And then I rush to catch up and I don't write. Lately, you know, we've talked about we've been doing these writing sprints in the morning, and that's really been a lifesaver. But I sort of go from panic to calm, and I guess that's always how I've done it. And I, I will say my husband is great. He pitches in on everything he always has. So I'm lucky in that regard. Yeah. Yeah. Mary Alice, what about you? Oh, gosh. I'm, I'm also really lucky. My husband, uh, though for the first several years while his career was all encompassing, I pretty much, with the Japanese, there's the word, uh, sama, which is, uh, oh, great master, <laughs> which is what I, he was. He, he, he reigned every, every decision he made was what we did because he was the breadwinner. But it's nice to see a reversal of roles now that he's retired. And I'm not a breadwinner for him, but he's there to support me the way I did him all those years. So I, I work really hard. I, as far as how do I, uh, good genes? <laughs> what can I say? Good genes. <laughs> Thanks, mama. And, and good makeup. Hey, don't underestimate the value of good makeup. You, we clean up and like, like Mary Kay, I, when I'm in a writing mode, which I'm getting into now, I'll go for days without really attentive personal hygiene and um, without getting dressed. And he does all the cooking and shopping. And it, this has always been the way when I have to write really hard, really fast. And you, it's not good for your health, though. How we maintain this, I don't know, because I abuse this body with this career. I really do. And it's just very intense all night sometimes. And um, then I stop and I'm blown out, literally blown out. Well, and, and usually we're all traveling. I mean, we're not right yeah. now. Sure we're now. But usually we're all, yeah. you know, sort of having that part of our lives too. So what about you, Kristen? You have a youngest child. So, well, 
First of all, the bangs hide the wrinkles, so I, I don't really have it together. I'm just, I just disguise everything well. <laughs> Plus, you notice I'm sitting far away, and it's, you know, you can't see whatever all the toll of the writing and the hours on my face. Um, I think I'm a little bit different in that when I started writing novels, it was just me. I didn't get married until 2014. I didn't have my son until 2016. So, getting married in 2014 changed. My writing life, in that I had a supportive partner, which you know I had kind of just gone it alone for a long time, like sitting in my own condo all by myself, you know, connecting with other writers, bouncing ideas off of friends. But there is really something to having a supportive partner, as you all it sounds like learned before I did. So that's been wonderful. But I really did go through, I think, kind of an identity crisis after I had my son in 2016 because I was used to being, you know, I'm Kristen first and foremost, a writer. Like that's what I had been doing for years. And then suddenly it was I had to be Kristen first and foremost a mom, um, which is, you know, I, I think the most important job, at least in, in my life. So that was kind of a recalibrating of figuring out um, who I am, who I want to be and how to balance my time. I still haven't totally figured it out. You know, and I think I'm, I'm a work in progress. I think we probably all are. I don't probably put enough of myself into any of the areas of my life. But truly, these writing sprints we've been doing in the morning, I know we keep bringing that up. It, it's made a world of difference for me because I can dedicate myself to that in the morning when that's just my writing time. And then the rest of the day, I, I can be the me that everybody else needs me to be. So that's the best balance I found so far. Mm. Patty, what about you? First of all, to answer how do we have our stuff together, we don't. And I think, no. it, I think it's a disservice to women to pretend that we do. Yes. Um, we're frazzled and, and we're doing the best we can. Yeah. And we're running to the camera at the last minute. And we're all wearing yoga pants. And only the front of my hair is brushed, not the back. <laughs> I, I think you know, this, this balance question is something I struggled with a lot in the beginning. And it's something I've realized that the balance has to come in an overall, not in a day-to-day. Because -day. Yeah. there are days, like we talked about, where I, don't, I can't write all night. I, I've never been able to do that. I don't blow myself out that way. But there are days that, you know, the writing and the work, there are weeks when the writing and the work takes precedent, whether you're on book tour or late on deadline. And then there's a swath of time where, you know, the family's together and things are together. But when I first started writing in the very beginning, I wrote from 4.30 to 6.30 in the morning for years. I had a one-year-old, a four-year-old, and a six-year-old. And so that is how I got my writing done. And that is where I learned to block off enough time that this one thing that means this much to me, I'm not going to give it up. But if I have to put it in a pocket, I will. Now, of course, as the kids get older and they leave, you don't have to pocket it so much. But I, I think the balance and making it look like we have it together when we don't is yeah. disservice because there is no such thing as real balance. It's you know, I agree, I agree wholeheartedly. And I think what made when I was listening to you, it made me realize that, in fact, there are two phases to careers as well. You know, there's the young children at home phase where you've got to turn off the computer and you create that time that is a blood or fire if not go away yeah. but then and, and for years you you do but you can and you're constantly running that's why young mothers tend to be so thin <laughs> they're constantly working but it's nice i'm at an age now where i don't have anybody to take care of 
So you can be a bit self-indulgent and it's just another phase. So bottom line is it never is easy Mm. and you just have to find a way to make it work for you. Yeah. And I think Mary Kay, I think everyone has sort of hit on this. This is why we found each other. This is so strange. I have always said my life is a series of binges. Like I'm writing or I'm editing, or then it's like, oh my gosh, I have to do every single client contract for design chic in the next four days because I haven't done it in six months or like I'm on tour for six weeks. I mean, we all, I'm, I'm speaking for all of us, you know, and I do think it, it's like that. It's like, sometimes it's, and usually summer for me is slower because Will's home and I try to like just be with him, but because, you know, they haven't been in school since you know, March. I mean, it's, I think the summer's going to look a little bit different because it's not like, I'm like, okay, well, I've, I've been full-time mama since March. I've got to like get my writing done and get my next book. So everything has been a little bit different, but I also have an incredibly amazingly supportive husband, which I kind of think you have to have, especially on the, you know, being gone a lot and, you know, having this other part of your life where, you know, they have to take on a ton of responsibility. And I think that's really a gift because not everyone has that, I don't think. And I have great parents too, who, um, I mean, my first book tour, like Will was three and I didn't want to leave him. So they packed up and Will and mom and dad and I went on the road for a month and Big Will met us on the weekends. It was crazy. That's amazing. Awesome. That's okay, an amazing so, parent. That's it's amazing. Parent. I don't know. I could say I could say I do that for my child. It's pretty amazing. It's pretty amazing. Would, would your parents mind coming on my next book tour with me? Would that be okay? <laughs> they're they're okay. That's a good deal. They're really good at little boys. Like they know they're like really. That's so Noah would just like slide right in, or maybe we could go on like a joint book tour, and they could. Just, I think we really should. I, I think we should I just mean. schedule our books to come out like within yeah. two weeks, and then take it on the road. Put up a van. And I like it. Back. Let's do it. A wraparound bus. Yeah. You know, with the name, big friends. Yeah. Here we are. I really want to do that now. I'm very excited. Okay. So we have so many great questions coming in from readers, but this is actually just so on the heels of what we were just talking about um, and sort of goes with our more personal question themes tonight. Sandy Meredith wants to know like how and where we met our spouses. Oh, okay. <laughs> Mary Alice, do you want to take that one? Sorry, as you take a sip of your wine, it's like, sorry. <laughs> oh, um, I'm going to date myself. It was a fondue party. Mm. Ah. <laughs> I love fondue. <laughs> oh, I had just, even though I was only 19, I had just broken up with someone. He was getting too serious and I didn't want to go to a party. And my brother was visiting and he wanted to meet girls. And I was working at the Encyclopedia Botanica and somebody, you know, mutual friend. It was a freezing cold February night in Chicago. You're the kind you go outside and your nostril hairs freeze. And we went to this fondue party and I walked in and there's all these kind of suit types over there. And I saw standing against the wall, this guy who looked exactly like a young Johnny Depp. <laughs> Only his hair was about as long as yours, Christy. Gorgeous black hair. <laughs> and, and like a, a maroon velvet pants. <laughs> no way. I mean, how could it and, not be love at first sight? <laughs> and looked at him and, I, and we both looked at each other and it was truly Oh no, I'm not ready for this. It was a true thunderbolt. And we were married in six months. That's amazing. Wow. Yeah, yeah. He was meant to be. But you know, the hardest thing about getting older is he lost all that gorgeous hair. 
I'm sure we've lost some things too. <laughs> <laughs> no. No. I met Pat in college, but we didn't date in college. And what's weird is I don't actually, and I don't think he does either, remembers like the moment we met. There was, we just had mutual friends and would be at the same parties and the same gatherings and knew each other, knew, knew each other's names. And then we moved to Atlanta and he went to graduate school at Emory. And I was working at Eggleston Children's Hospital, which is Emory's Children's Hospital. So we were both in Atlanta and we both knew each other and had mutual friends. So we all started hanging out and I told him, just face it, we're only going to be friends. <laughs> so funny. Wow. Well, that was a Five years and three children and one grandchild ago. We're still. That's awesome. We got the last laugh. Mary Kay, what about you? Um, We were high school sweethearts, but we weren't. We were friends first. And I remember we had the same typing class. And I sat in front of him in typing class. And I used to flirt with him just to embarrass him because he didn't date a lot. He was studious. He was a jock. And so my favorite thing to do to him was take my toe and pull down his sock. (laughs) <laughs> how romantic i have to remember that <laughs> he would just turn beet red and and tell me to cut it out um, you still we, do that no <laughs> now you have to do it tonight to see if he remembers he's retired he's not wearing socks he's barely wearing pants <laughs> so, High school, yeah, high school graduation. We were just friends. High school graduation weekend. Everybody else was doing something, and um, he was over at my house. And and we said, "Well, let's go to the drive-in movie because that was a big thing in high school." And so we took my mom's station wagon. We popped a bag of popcorn, and uh, I think we took a liter bottle of Coke in my mom's car. And I, I think I paid my own way. And we were seeing, we were watching John Wayne and the Cowboys. That's how long ago it was. And at some point he leaned over and kissed me and the rest is history. Oh, wow. <laughs> so I've known Jason for a long time. One of my first friends in Orlando was a girl named Wendy. And one of my good college friends was a guy named Chad. And they both worked with Jason. And both of them, I think it was my 2008 book, The Art of Hinch Kissing, not a not a real how-to guide. They both individually were coming to my book release party in Orlando. And they both individually said to Jason, oh, you should come to this book release party. And he was like, who is this person that everyone keeps mentioning? So he came and we get along great. And I mean, it was one of those there was definitely chemistry from the beginning, but I think he was just getting out of a long relationship or was in the midst of something complicated. I may or may not have been dating someone. So we knew each other for years, but the timing was always off. He was always with somebody or I was always with somebody. We always were great as friends. We get along. It was never really a thought though. Mary Kay is just outraged by my answer. She's like, yes. I'm leaving. <laughs> no, Kristen, I think, you're free. I think you need to think a minute. The book you wrote was The Art of French Kissing. <laughs> I think you might have been interested. I wonder who came. That might have been why he came, and he's still trying to figure out, when do I get to learn that? I don't know. Yeah, that would be tempting for anyone, I should think. <laughs> so we were friends for years, and then he was finally getting out of a really long-term relationship, and he said to Chad and Wendy, what do you think about me asking Kristen out? And they both said, 
not right away. She can't be your rebound. We feel like this could be it. And so I think they gave him like a 60 day. I remember right. It was six. They told him 60 days. And he said, okay, I'm going to respect that 60 days. And I think it was like day 57. He asked me out. Oh. Um, yeah. So yep. And we've been, to, and I knew from the very first time, the very first time he reached for my hand under the table, I was like, this is the guy. And it, it is. Oh, that gives me chills. That's <laughs> My story is actually like weirdly similar to Mary Alice's, except without the Johnny Depp hair bur- and the burgundy pants. I knew it was different. <laughs> but I had a huge exam the next day and I was like absolutely not going out. And it was one of my friend's 21st birthdays and it was a Wednesday night, which in Chapel Hill, there's no one out on Wednesday night. And my friends kept calling me and they were like, what if it was your 21st birthday? You would want everyone to come out for you. Basically just guilting me into going out. And I was so irritated and I like barely even got ready. I did not even look cute. And uh, we were all at this restaurant and it was completely empty. And we were like sitting around a big table and this group of guys came walking in and I looked at Will and he looked at me and I was like, and I turned around to my friends who were all at the table and I was like, I'm going to marry him. No way. Yeah, and it was so like, I remember the moment. Wow. It wasn't like, it was, it was just very clear, but I always knew yeah. from the time I was like a tiny child, you know, people would say, like, well, how do you know when you fall in love or how do you know when it's the right person? And I would always like, I always knew that I would see the person I was going to marry and I would know it. And it was like the weirdest thing because it happened. And I was like, oh, there he is. Like, it was like very calm. And one of my friends was like, well, who is he? And I was like, oh, I don't know. She was like, well, (laughs) I want to meet him if you're going to get married. And they made so much fun of me. And then, you know, here you are. That's amazing. (laughs) I believe in the thunderbolt. I think it doesn't happen all the time. But when it happens, I absolutely believe it. Yeah. Or the thunder kiss from Mary Kay. Yes, the thunder kiss. Thunder stock pull. Thunder stock, yeah. (laughs) That's so cute, though, because, like, you can just imagine, like, that boy being so embarrassed. I love that. The John Wayne kiss. Um, So I'm going to have a really short answer to this question. Um, Janice's sister wants to know what musical talent we each have. And I have none, so I'm out. Next. None. None. Liking good music. That is my musical talent. That's a good one. Kristen? I played the drums in high school, so I was a drummer. I, I'm not I'm not gonna say I was talented, but um oh, chick. I, I well, I, I was either that or a band dork because I'm Mystica. Um, <laughs> the drum player, Mystica. <laughs> exactly. I did once play a big drum solo in my high school, the Miss Northeast High School pageant. So just so you know. I came in second, so Clearly, my drumming took me to the top. I always loved music. And in my family, my father was really, and I'm not just saying a concert level pianist. He really was. So I played the piano very well. When I, I'm, since I can remember, I played the piano. And in high school, I played the French horn in the orchestra. And then afterwards, when I was studying Japanese, there's that beautiful okoto, which is that long Japanese six-foot instrument on the floor where you have to sit with your legs. Your legs fall asleep while you're playing. Boing, boing, boing. (laughs) And I played that. And now I'm sort of excited because I don't have up here any instruments. So I bought the dulcimer because when I was in Patty Henry, we were up in, where was that? Um, New. 
big canoe. And all those people had those dulcimers and I played a couple and all these years I've been wanting to play it. So I bought one and I'm going to teach myself the dulcimer. So I love musical instruments. That's awesome. What about you, Mary Kay? I have zero musical talent, but if I do have a talent at all, it is remembering the words to a lot of Broadway show tunes. <laughs> yeah, I do too. Broadway well, show tunes. I, I, just me, so, songs in general, like just songs in general. And it will be things. And I'm like, I remember that from, you know, 1991, every word. And I'm like, why, why? But I can't remember like my next door neighbors. Yes. Yes, yes. Everything else is going, but the name, but the words of song. Okay, I'm getting us off schedule, but I have to ask this one more question and we'll answer it really quickly, but I think it's so funny that we can't not answer it. So Shelly McDonald Monty wants to know, do your kids or families think you are famous or just women with normal jobs, even though y'all are best-selling authors and we all regard you as our famous friends? So funny. My grandkids think I'm famous only because they take books to school for their teachers to kind of mm-hmm. up to them. Yeah. So that's what my grandkids to them, I'm I'm semi famous because they can give books to their teachers and they and they get brownie points. Mm-hmm. That's same here. My kids, um, especially uh when they were in high school, they would always take my Spanish copies to their Spanish teacher to <laughs> show off and think it got them extra credit and then take my books to their English teacher. But I don't think any of them have ever considered me any, I mean, they care more if their baseball pants were clean than if, (laughs) no, I I don't, I think the first time, especially Thomas ever saw me give a speech, like a big talk. I think the, it was, it was in Charleston. It was a couple of years ago. I think he, he had a little bit of a take back moment. Like, well, wait a minute. (laughs) <laughs> it's not just my mom and her yoga clothes with a ponytail on top of her head typing till the wee out. Like it's, that's yeah. a thing. So no, I don't think they, except like Mary Kay said, you know, they give their teachers books and try and get some extra credit. I remember with most of my kids too, they didn't really care or give any indication that I had, they knew I was a writer and that's about it. But it wasn't until all these years later, they were all out of the house, but everyone flew into Beaufort, South Carolina, when I was inducted into the Hall of Fame and they saw that. And I saw them with tears in their eyes. And as a mother at this point in my life, it really, that was a moment. I mean, it was the first time they actually thought, wow, maybe she is something more than just mom. Mm-hmm. And it was it was a moment. And my I remember my grandson um, was in the bookstore. He took a picture because they sent it to me. He saw my book in a bookstore. And I think a light went off. And he's thinking um, J.K. Rowling. And he's going, so Mambo. How rich are you? <laughs> I just say, oh, honey, I ain't J.K. Rowling. <laughs> I'm so sorry to disappoint you. But it, that's what he thought authors are. And I think a lot of people think that, too. Yeah. You know, you must be rich because you're an author. But, of course, we know that's not true. So I, I'm rich. I don't know what you're doing. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> 
Um, I was uh, in Target about a year ago, maybe a year and a half ago, when the Room on Ruama Lee was their uh, book club pick of the month. And my face was on, I was doing an interview on that big screen in the back, which is just, as you know, Mary Kay, I know you saw yours recently. It's just such a cool, thrilling thing. And I was with my son, uh, Noah, and he looked up at the screen and I was like, Noah, look, it's mommy. I was so thrilled. And he was like, uh, yeah, can I get a Paw Patrol toy? So it would like just cut me right down to size. And, um, on, on my husband's side of the family, we have an NHL hockey player um, who plays for the New York Rangers. Um, he's my husband's cousin. And so if there's ever any doubt as to like where I fall in the family, it's definitely like le- many levels beneath the NHL player because there's there's oh, no yeah. jersey that says Kristen Harmel in the back. <laughs> I, I'm true. He can make you a jersey. I will take it. Can I please have one? What number do you want to be? One? Like number one. Number one. Okay. As we discussed recently, my uh, hip hop name is Kristen 12. So if you could just put 12 on the back. Yeah. Come on. So much smarter. I forgot about that. You're absolutely right. Um, I think my husband and my dad both have a very like overinflated sense of they, of my fame. Like Dear Carolina came out and there were like 11 copies in the world and they were like, <laughs> like telling everyone. And my son is like, what? I mean, she's okay. But yeah, when, when we take the, the books to school and his teachers are like, can I get a copy of your mom's next book? Like, I think he thinks that's really cool. But I'll never forget him being like, he's probably Noah's age. He was probably like four. And I was in a magazine. I don't even remember what it was, but people would just come up to me and say, oh my gosh, I saw you. That was such a great an article or whatever. And our Beaufort magazine here where I live um, had just done a feature on Little Will. And he was like the cover of the magazine and he was in a tree. And so every time someone would come up to me and be like, oh, that was such a great article. He would be like, well, I was on the cover of a magazine. (laughs) (laughs) But it like comes and goes. Like he, if he goes and hears me speak or something, I think he'll be like, wow, like these people came to see you, you know, but um, it's so funny though. But yeah, I think famous is a big word, but, um, but it is definitely like a different, you know, it is different than when we were ourselves at home and not putting ourselves out in public. You but know, you know, honestly, I don't think authors are famous like a TV star or a movie star. I mean, they don't see our face and for the most right. part, no. I don't feel famous. I just, if I was a movie star, maybe, but not. Yeah, but it's like the perfect combination, I think, because you can go to these places and have people like say nice things about you and your books or (laughs) every now and then someone will like come up to you somewhere randomly, you know, but you're not like, you can like leave your house, you know, I mean. Yeah, Yeah. unfortunately, when they see me in Target, they're kind of like, ooh, that's Muriel's (laughs) (laughs) Because let's face it, we don't always put the makeup on when we go to Target. Yeah. But I loved that question so much and I thought y'all would get a kick yeah, out. Yeah, great question. Okay, so we always take time at the end of our episodes to give a writing tip. And so tonight, Mary Alice, um, is your turn. Could you please give us a quick writing tip? Uh, this is going to be really short. I, I think it's really important and a driving force of any character-driven novel is how you flesh out your characters. And I have a couple of really quick pointers that I think help me. And one is you've really got to know the back history. Just don't say I'm going to write the book and I'll figure out who these people are. These are characters are more than people who have a job to do to carry out the novel. They have to be fully fleshed out. So you need to know their backstory. Do they have a trauma? Where they? What was their um childhood like? Where did they go to school? Okay, know them. What is their psychology? Um, body movements. Uh, every 
person you know has a way of either holding themselves or some people pinch their nose a lot or sometimes a little tick can make a big difference. <laughs> in, <laughs> sometimes a, a little tick or someone who gets nervous scratches their head, uh, something that is a defining movement about a person um, or a nervous laugh. I love even the way they talk. <laughs> If at a nervous time, if they do it consistently, that adds to the character. Um, also, you really got to see them. And one trick that I have is I like to create a movie star or an actor, someone I can see that is an amalgam of, of what I'm like. Kara was Andy McDowell back when I wrote her. And I look at the movies because actors have distinct movements. And so you can look at how they move to give you a fresh idea to keep that act, your character not like someone you've written ad nauseum before. And the last thing is, is names. Names can add a lot. My name is Inigo Montoya. You killed <laughs> my father, prepare to die. I mean, what a great name. So sometimes choosing the right name for a character, Atticus, that name will go down always as the great father. And so those are little tips that I have to give you to make you realize, flesh out your characters, know who they are, know if they go to Walmart, what are they going to put in the cart? That's wonderful. Thank you, Mary Alice. And we, as you know, we always like to give some recommendations of what we're reading and what we're loving lately. And Kristen, I think you had um, a couple things you wanted to tell us about that you've really enjoyed. I, you know, I wanted to mention, too, because they're at different ends of the spectrum. So after the end, this is actually the British version of it. After the end by Claire McIntosh and Head Over Heels. I know my light's kind of shining on it by um, Hannah Orenstein. I'll, I'll put these up on the Friends and Fiction page so you can see them better than I'm showing them now. Uh, but one of them, After the End, uh, is by a celebrated British crime writer. But it's actually a, an emotional family drama. Um, the other, Head Over Heels, is a romantic comedy that takes place in the world of gymnastics. So they're both uplifting, ultimately, in different ways. So if you need a good cry, I would read After the End. And if you need a good laugh, I would read Head Over Heels. And again, I'll link to both on the Facebook page. Well, there you go. Um, does anybody else have one, Mary Alice? I do. I do. It's a middle grade book, which is for grades um, ages 8 to 12. And um, I have, I'm have i writing one, or, and so I particularly am reading these a lot. But this is Braver. A Wombat's Tale, and it's by Suzanne Selfors, who's a really well-known middle-grade author, and she wrote it with a first-time author, Walker Ronson. Ronson, I hope I get the pronunciation right. Um, she's an award-winning author and has a lot of books, but this one is a fantasy adventure, sort of like Redwall. And it's really, really wonderful. And I think for young kids, they'd really love it. And the other one that I want to recommend is another middle grade book called um, The One and Only Bob by Catherine Applegate. And she wrote The One and Only Ivan, which I swear you need tissues when you read. It's the most brilliant middle grade book I have ever read from the point of view of an of a a gorilla in a show, a cheap show. And it's beautiful. And Bob is, it's a segue to that. Bob is a character in that book. So middle grade books, I think are fabulous. And parents read them because you know what your kids are reading and you get a sense you have to, you can talk to them about it. You know, 
Oh, can I just add, I also wanted to mention that the book, the first middle grade book that Mary Alice mentioned, um, I'm so happy that she mentioned it because the writer is actually the owner of Liberty Bay Books, which was the bookstore Kristen Hanna chose on June 3rd when she was here with us. And so the author is not only an author of middle grade novels, but she also owns a bookstore and she didn't buy that bookstore until a month before the pandemic. So she's really kind of out there in the trenches, you know, fighting the good fight and uh, supporting that book, I think would be also supporting her bookstore, Liberty Bay Books. It sounds wonderful. It really yeah. does. Yeah. Anybody else have one they're dying to share? I'm reading, I just finished Susan Elizabeth Phillips' new book called Dance Away With I'm Me. reading it too. It's so good. It's yeah. so good. She writes the best sex scenes. <laughs> <laughs> To know. Yeah. And, and of course, I'm really excited because she's going to be with us uh, with Jane Ann Krentz on our surprise bonus episode this Sunday. I'm so glad you mentioned that. Yes. So everyone make sure to join us here on the Friends in Fiction page. Patty, anything you want to add before we sign off? Yeah. So I'm reading this book a lot. It's called Jamberry. (laughs) (laughs) With my granddaughter on FaceTime, but yeah. And a big, huge biography about this big on Florence Nightingale, but I know I'm reading reading the biography of uh, Patty Henry. Oh, (laughs) be about this big. Um, It's called My Life. I wrote it when I was 12. You can publish it when I'm gone. But uh, it has all my deepest philosophies of of life in it and how I feel about things. Uh, (laughs) It's a book worth underlining most of. Oh, yes. Um, <laughs> no, I'm really excited about Sunday. I, um, I can't wait to talk to Susan and Jane. I, I love that we've decided to do some bonus episodes and that we have one on Sunday. So, yes. And I think we'll be doing them here and there just as surprises. And this just happens to be an enormous surprise because it's two huge authors who we're fans of. And, you know, for those of you who have trouble making our Wednesday night, maybe Sunday at five o'clock Eastern might be an easier time. Well, thank you ladies so much. I had so much fun tonight. This was so great. Um, And thank you to all of our readers for joining us tonight. As always, you can find us all week long on our Friends in Fiction Facebook page, which is facebook.com backslash groups backslash friends and fiction um, and we'll do our best to answer your comments and questions and then we're live here Wednesday nights at 7 p.m. We'll have a special bonus episode Sunday at 5 and you can find any of our old episodes at friendsandfiction.com. One more reminder, Anderson's Bookshop is our featured bookstore of the week and you can get all of our books and from one convenient link that will be in all of our places. So um, thank you so much everybody and good night. Good night. Thanks. You've been listening to the Friends and Fiction Podcast. Be sure to subscribe to the Friends and Fiction Podcast wherever you listen. And if you're enjoying it, leave a review. You can find the Friends and Fiction authors at www.friendsandfiction.com as well as on the Facebook group page, Friends and Fiction. Come back soon, okay? There are still lots of books, writing tips, interviews, publishing news, and bookstores to chat about. Goodbye. Produced by Autovita Studios. Connect your voice to the world.